Okay, today I would like to bring a message forth that something that God's been dealing with me personally for a good while now, and I just felt led to uh, share some things about fear. My uh, lesson today is the title is The Fear Factor. Can you hear me? How's that? Better? Better, better? Okay. Okay, so the title is uh, The Fear Factor. Now, first I'll read the definition of fear. Now, there's two types of fear in the Bible mentioned. There's fear, which is a reverential, profound awe of God, which is a good fear, because that's honoring God. But the other meaning of fear is uh, an emotion of dread or alarm from danger and also its timidity. And that is a root word, uh, afraid, is from that root word, uh, fear. And the word afraid means be fearful or apprehensive about unwanted or uncertain situations. And I think we can all say that we have fear in one area or more in our lives at one time or another. Um, the reason that I felt led to do this is because I realized the Lord was speaking to me about a year ago how I've really allowed fear to control so many areas in my life. Whether it be real fear that is something like you're facing a real situation or it's in my mind that is fear um, is not really, it's false evidence appearing real. And that's where a lot of things can make or break how you look at life. And I, I know we have fears, some people have phobias, some people have fear of heights or bugs or whatever. That's a different kind of fear that I wanted to talk about today. The unknown areas of our life can cause fear, and that's where I always walk. And I'm not going to say always walk now, because that's the present thing. I know that God's helping me to deal with that situation, that I am walking more free from that area. And that's with the help of God. Because I, even as I was younger, fear would always keep me from doing something new, trying something. And, it's, and, and you continue walking that way in your life, allowing fear and these thoughts of, not being able to do something, or I don't know, or even traveling to another area, or flying. All these things will keep you frozen in place in your life, if you allow them. And if you allow that fear at the beginning of your life, when you're young, to continue to grow and add on to that and grow and add on to those insecurities. Fear is related to insecurities so much, and I can vouch for that. Because if you're insecure about yourself, Right there is the base foundation for fear to grow. So we have fears of those things, like new areas, maybe a new job, going to school. Maybe it's a challenge because it's something scary to you because you don't feel like you're smart enough. Or maybe it's uh, marriage or a commitment to uh, having a parenting, leadership. Excuse me, all these places in your life there's so many, I could list tons of them, but I won't go there. 
Just think of some of those areas in your own life where you may have had to step out of your comfort zone, of your familiar place in your life, to take on a new phase in your life. We're always growing as people, as Christians. We're growing physically older. We're growing spiritually and hopefully maturing that way more as we get older. But we're also going from one phase of our life of one fear to something new and challenging in every stage of your life. Now, I wouldn't think, I wouldn't have thought about getting older till now I'm older, you know? <laughs> or like things like that that don't enter your mind when you're a kid. When you're a kid, you're, everything's free, whatever, do whatever, no worries. But then when you have responsibilities, having a job, supporting your family, raising your kids, you know, all those things, world events, terrorism, all these things can cause so much fear in our lives that it can paralyze us to not move forward and, and walk in our faith. There's the fear of failure. There's the fear of all these making mistakes. So what do we do? We don't do anything. Or we don't want to lose control of our situation, so we don't give up control. That way we can keep tabs on everything in our life so it's in a nice little box so that nothing interferes with our comfort area. How about relationships? I thought of all the relational areas, uh, intimacy with God and with other people. It's interesting that the first place in the Bible that fears mention is in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 through 10. If we read that, okay. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And that's the first place in the Bible it talks about Adam and Eve. They hid from God. Before that, they had a great intimate relationship with God. They walked with him daily, every day in the garden. Everything was good. But when disobedience came in and sin entered the world, all of a sudden that intimacy of closeness separated, and there was fear of God and they knew they were naked. Before that, that wasn't an issue. So we have the fear of God there, and don't we sometimes when, even before we were saved, or even at times now, when we feel like we are afraid to approach God because maybe there is an area in our life where we have rebelled against God, or we have sin in our life that maybe keeps us from approaching Him because we feel like He's not going to ever love us again or forgive us, but those things are false. Those are not true. But Satan can make you believe that that is true. Um, we have trust, trust issues with relationships. Fear of commitment. Too many people don't make commitments in relationships with other people because they've been hurt before. Or they just don't want to deal with having something happen that they can't control. Then there's the fear of man. Fear of man is wondering what, if, what others are going to think. You know, that can encounter like a lot of areas in our life. Um, 
even just open, openly worshiping God is some areas where we're fearful of. We're afraid. I walked in that a long time too. It took me years because I felt like, God, I, I love you so much, but I couldn't even get my hands up to say I love you at worship time. And it's like our, our arms are like weights. But I really prayed about that because I felt like I can't worry about what other people think because my love for the Lord is stronger and more worthy than what people think. Stepping out in your gifts. Has there ever been a time when God was telling you to go lay hands on someone and pray for that person? And you were like, I'm too afraid. I don't want to do that. What if I don't pray right? What if I don't say the right things? I don't know. I'm not a leader. I'm not a deacon or I'm not a pastor or I'm not. It doesn't matter. If God was laying something on your heart, I'm not saying these things to beat you up because I've been there, done that, and I'm, you know, there's so many times I've done that and I wish I wouldn't have done it. One time I was led to tell someone something that I really felt, like during a service one time, I really felt God was telling me to tell this person, and I never met this person before, so, okay, we're used to seeing each other here in church and we know each other. Think of this situation. Someone new is sitting beside you, you never met them before, worship time's over, and God's laying it on your heart so strong, you need to tell this person this. I'm like, no, I'm not going to tell her. What's she going to, you know, she's new here. What's she going to think of me? I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I made up so many excuses that I felt worse as the time was going in my head. Finally, I said, Lord, if it's you, you've got to give me the strength to do it and just do it and say what I need to say to her. So after worship and that, I took her aside and I told her what the Lord told me. She started to cry. Because she said, I can't believe you're saying that because I've been praying about it. See, if we would just allow God to use us even when we're afraid. It gets me teary at night because I didn't believe God enough to trust him right away. So you got to pray it through and do it anyway. Okay, another area in relationships is confrontation, which I'm sure none of us like. I hate it. But there are times when we need to confront people, issues, things, what's going on. What kind of parent would we be if we didn't confront our kids when they were doing wrong that would lead to their spiritual walk or their, their safety? If we wouldn't say, hey, this is wrong, we need to do something. Sometimes we're too afraid to confront our own kids. It's easy when they're little. Hey, you do that and you're going to get time out, whatever. When they get bigger, teenage years come, they get older, it's harder to, because you want that relationship to stay there, but you need to confront. That's a hard issue for me. Uh, just even confronting a situation that's not right and you need to say, hey, I don't like this, or being afraid to say what you mean. That's my new motto. Mean what you say, say what you mean, you know? Why is it so hard to do that for me? I don't know. Is that a problem for anyone else in here? I have a problem saying what I mean and meaning what I say because I'm afraid when I say it, I'm going to get a backlash from that. I don't know what the reaction's going to be. Even in a good situation, 
with someone that's really close to you. You need to say something or share something, but you're afraid to say it because you're afraid they're going to think, well, why would you think that? Or, I don't know what you're talking about. You're afraid of all these scenarios coming at you. So already they're in my mind thinking before it even happens, so I don't confront. And a lot of times we just sweep things, keep them down there, stuff them down there, don't confront the issue, keep things safe. But I look at David in the Bible. David was like able to watch over his sheep attack the bear and everything, kill Goliath with a stone, but yet he ran from Saul and hid in caves. Elijah calls down fire. God takes the, and licks up the water around the altar against the false prophets of Baal, shows him who's God. You know, he stood against the prophets. Next thing you know, Jezebel's after him, and he's under a tree, like, I'm afraid. I look at Moses, too. When I was reading, in, a couple weeks ago, I was reading on Moses, and I thought, geez, I forgot how many excuses he made to God. Why I can't go back to Egypt and let my people go. He made up, like, he, I thought, boy, God is really good. He's testing God, like, four or five times he did this. And he was making, ex and it made God angry. He finally, yeah, okay, I'll get, get Aaron, he'll go with you, all right? So how can we see, even them, and there's many more. We have, uh, I'll get to that later with Joshua, but there's many people. If you look in the Bible, they all were like, okay, God, I'm afraid to do that. Well, don't be afraid. I'm with you. He's telling them to do something. They've had their highs, big victories, and then next thing you know, they're, I'm not going to be able to do this, God. How can we go from one extreme to the other so quickly? But it happens, doesn't it? It happens to a lot of us. Well, in my own life, like I said, when I was younger, I was afraid to try anything because I didn't want to fail and look stupid, so I never got involved in much. Then I would always think of, well, I don't know if I could do that because I'm not smart enough, or maybe, you know, all afraid, afraid, afraid. Well, you know what? It came to a time, like, I thought, you know what? I think I was telling someone on our walk that one day. Remember that? I said, you know what? I'm sick and tired of being so afraid of stuff in my life. I'm tired of it. And so now, a lot of times when things are coming at me, thoughts, here's some of those thoughts. These are just in a book I read a little bit of it. If you try that, you're, you're going to fail. Well, that's not going to work. Don't, don't even bother trying. Just better play it safe. It's better to be safe than sorry. This is going to just be too hard. I, I'm not going to bother trying. Well, nobody has ever done this before, so what makes you think you could do it? You'll never have enough money. You'll never be able to be secure. All these never, never, you can't, can't, negative, negative. Satan loves to use those thoughts to keep us at a frozen, paralyzed state. There comes a time when you've got to say, that's enough. I heard this saying on TV, and I thought, boy, that was perfect. And you might have heard it, but it says, fear will always work against us. Faith will always work for us. 
And it's true. It takes faith to work out through the fear. But isn't it easy for someone to say, just trust the Lord when it's not your situation? How, how is it when you're waiting for a doctor's test report? Or you're waiting for that job or that pink slip? You're worried you're going to be next. There's just so much fear, fear, fear. Turn on the TV, another attack here, a bombing there. Fear. Satan works really well in fear. But we've got to recognize who is more powerful. God in us or Satan. So we go to Joshua 1, verse 6 through 9. says, be strong and courageous. This is when he's calling Joshua to take the people over because Moses has died. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all of my law that my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from the right or the left that you may be successful in what you do. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, I always remember hearing, be strong and courageous, Joshua. But you know what? He commanded him. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Well, courageous, courage, I wonder, bring that into point because that is so perfect for there. Um, I'll find it here in a minute. Okay. Having courage, this is what courage is. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's the faith to trust God to be with you through it. And it's true. It's not that you're not going to feel fearful, because you will feel fear. And fear can be a legit reason to be fearful. But to be courageous takes faith and trusting God to get you through it. And he will, because he says, I won't leave you, or I will never leave you. And he even says, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Okay, in Exodus 23.30, it talks about the Israelites. When he was going to take them into the promised land, he said that I'm going to give this land to you. Little by little, you're going to inherit the land. He was going to drive out all the main inhabitants of those nations and take them into it, but first he would drive them out a little at a time. I think that just shows me, for myself, the more that I take a little step at a time, stepping out in faith to do things that I'm feel fearful of or afraid to do, the more that I can advance in the promises of God. Every time you take that step of faith, it's like stepping out on the water. If we focus on the fear, it's going to sink us. If we focus on trusting God and his word, it'll take us through it. 
and then we'll be walking on the water. So when God says, fear not, there's so many times in the Bible, if you read, fear not, fear not, God says, fear not, take courage, do not be afraid. There's so many, I didn't count them all, but there's probably a list somewhere that tells you. But it says it doesn't mean you won't feel afraid, just means not to give in to it. We're all going to feel fear, but we don't want to give in to the fear. That is the main challenge for us all. So I wrote down the, see, I don't want to talk too negatively about fear, because fear is so dreary and do, you know. But so how do we overcome fear? So I made a list of things that I felt the Lord showed me. Number one, the first thing is make up your mind and decide it's time to face your fear. This had happened to me, and yeah, I'm not overcoming all of it, I mean, I'm just saying that there's so many different things that come in at you. But now, I have decided and made up my mind, I am not going to let fear take my joy, let me not experience God's will for my life, not stepping out in ministry, not stepping out in friendships, not stepping out in doing even this. When I was in school, I hated to read out loud. I was so afraid I couldn't read out loud. I couldn't talk in front of people. Well, here I am again. (laughs) I'm standing up here again because, yes, it's scary, but now I'm starting to realize, okay, God got me through the first time. Little by little, God got me through the next time and this time. And I'm thinking, as long as I'm looking for his help and not trusting in my own flesh, my own flesh will mess things up. So i got to really trust God to help me through it. And it becomes a little bit better, a little bit easier. Not that I'm ever, ever going to not say I'm not nervous, because I am nervous, but that's okay. I'm learning not to let it bother me if I'm nervous. Okay, so the first thing, make, that, make your mind up. Are you tired of it? Are you tired of dealing with it? Nobody does anything about something until they're sick of it. Even when I'm sick of gaining weight, that's it, I'm done. I'm getting back in them pants again. I have to make up my mind, that's it, I'm going to eat healthy. I'm tired of these bad doctors. You know, it's whatever it is, it could be anything. I'm tired of staying silent and not saying what I need to say, and then not, nothing gets resolved. These could be some of your sayings, but these are just things that come to my mind. Number two. Pray for strength and the ability and peace to do so. Psalms 34, um, 34, 4 through 7. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel encamps of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. So there you have the bad fear and you have the fear and reverence of God being with you. But God will be there with us. Number three, magnify God, not the issue. The word magnify means to make larger, make bigger. If I stand around and say, oh, I'm so afraid of that. I don't know, I'm afraid, I can't do it. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. The more you say and enforce that, the bigger the fear gets. 
the more I say, God can get me through it, whatever I got to do, the more I believe it. So you got to magnify God, not the issue. Fear, I, this is a nice saying. I come across this. This is a German proverb. It says, fear makes the wolf look bigger than he is. And it's true. Don't we magnify a little thing and make it so big that by the next day we can't even... You know, it could be a simple little thing that could be a thing that's making you a little worrisome, but by the time passes, it's gotten so big that you can't deal with it, and you think that you can't deal with it. Okay, number four. Read, write, and confess the scriptures. These are just simple little things to do, and you think, well, that's just silly. It's not really silly because it really works. I've done it. It really works. If I would read all the scriptures on fear and all the scriptures on God's promises coming against fear, if I read them when I'm dealing with fear and I write some scriptures down, make some favorite ones on your uh, index card or a piece of paper or, and stick it on your refrigerator, confess it. Every time you go to the refrigerator, that's a good place because everyone's in and out of the refrigerator sometime or another. Sometimes too often. That I shouldn't be in there. <laughs> but anyways, every time you see that, remind yourself, okay, I'm not going to fear. God, it will never forsake me. He will never leave me. I will be with you always. You know, the enemy is always trying to steal. Like, bondages can come off when you face fear head on. Things that can hold you in chain. It's like you're being chained and imprisoned to fear. You can have bondages being broken off of you and other people. Just think of people that you're not helping set free because of your fear. You could be helping someone else by praying for them or helping them, but you're too afraid. So you may be stopping someone else's blessing from being free from things because of your own bondage of fear. And fear is like a bondage. Every time I sing... The song Amazing Grace by uh, Chris Talmud, the part that says, my chains are gone. I've been set free. I always think of that. You know what? I'm tired of it. My chains are gone. I am set free. And don't, don't trust your emotions because remember what the meaning of fear was in the beginning? Fear, an emotion or dread or alarm, or afraid, an apprehensive, uh, being apprehensive about unwanted or uncertain things. Don't let that emotion override the truth. And it's so easy to happen, very subtly, but it happens if you don't get, a, get a, on it right away. Okay, last one, practice stepping out. Focus on him. And it is something that you have to practice. Put it into practice. Put it into practice. Now I want to read you something to close with. And I really liked how she wrote this. This is from Joyce Meyer's book. And um, I thought I'd read it to you. Say goodbye to fear. This is a letter, okay? Put yourself in this place reading this letter. Dear fear... I only refer to you as dear because you are long-term, intimate relationship. 
our long-term intimate relationship, and certainly not because you are dear to me in any way. In fact, you have been a tormenting influence from start to finish. You have told me lies, prevented me from doing the things I wanted to do and should have done. You are indeed a miserable, wretched companion and one I no longer am willing to be involved with. I'm writing you this letter to let you know that from this point forward, I will not fear. Although I may feel your presence, I will not bow down to your demands. I have a friend whose name is Jesus, and he has promised to never leave me nor forsake me, but to be with me always. He is indeed a powerful friend, and although you do have some power, his is by far much greater than yours. You can come against me, but Jesus lives in me, and the power of the one who is in me is greater than the power, uh, greater than you are. Although I cannot prevent you from coming to visit, I do want to give you notice that you will be ignored. I am far too busy now, fellowshipping with my friend Jesus and developing an intimate relationship with him to give you any of my time. The more time I spend with Jesus, the more courageous I become. He is teaching me a new way to live that is exciting and adventurous and one that is fearless. I also want to inform you that since I have so much experience with you and know how self-defeating it is to listen to you, I now intend to tell many people, as many as I can tell about what a thief and a liar you are. The years I have wasted with you will be redeemed and I will bear much good fruit. Thank you for driving me to Jesus. You see, that made me so miserable that I sought a way to be free from you. And Jesus met me where I was and set me free. Should you decide to waste your time and try to visit me even after this letter, I am letting you know ahead of time that you will be met by my faith in God and a determination that I will not fear. Amen? So, I challenge you all, I don't care if it's a little thing that you think, well, that's not a big deal. In some people's mind, like it was for mine, little things that you may not think is a big deal, it was a big deal for me. I mean, so until you're in that place of really having that self-doubt and insecurity in an area, until you feel it and feel it, that you feel that it's real, even if it's not real, the enemy's lying to you. So, okay, let's stand and we'll pray about it. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you are greater in us than he who is in the world. He is a liar, and you are the father of truth and love and redeeming power. Thank you, Lord God, for what you've done in our lives. Help us to not be looking at fear as an issue that keeps us from walking where you would want us to walk out in our life. Help us by reminding us of your great love, that your perfect love casts out fear. Have your love. We are not to be fearful of man or whatever can come against us. So Lord, just help us to walk out in courage, to step out in faith, whatever area is in our life. Show us those areas where we may be walking in fear and not realizing it. And Lord, that we would put our trust in you because with you we can do all things, Lord. We thank you, Lord, through Jesus we pray.
Amen. God bless you all and have a good week.